Welcome to the Law Enforcement Talk Radio Show. In the Law Enforcement Talk Radio Show, we are joined by special guests talking about their experiences, their realities of investigating crimes, plus those who have experienced horrendous trauma, police, first responders, military, and victims of crime share their stories. Hi, I'm John J. Wiley. In addition to being a broadcaster, I'm also a retired police sergeant. Be sure to check out our website, letradio.com and also like us on Facebook. Search for the Law Enforcement Talk Radio Show. Calling us from New Mexico, Rocky Galassini on the phone. Rocky, did I pronounce your last name the correct way? You absolutely did. You know what throws me off before we get into details of why we're talking to you? You're the first woman I've ever met with the name Rocky. When I think of Rocky, I think of Rocky Balboa, big tough guys, and (laughs) you're the exact opposite of that. Well, well, Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. You might have a little tough side to you, is that what you're saying? Well, yeah, I don't know. I think I'm a pretty soft-hearted person, but, you know, I, I if I want something, I go after it, and uh, not too much can stand in my way, and, uh, you know, it is what it is, but I've heard all the jokes, of course, of, you know, Rocky Balboa and Rocky the Squirrel, of course. I'm sure you so. got all those. <laughs> in my brief conversations with Rocky, I can tell you this. My impression is she very much is the type of person, if you tell her you can't do something, watch. She'll say, I'll show you that I can, and does. Rocky, you were in a law enforcement marriage. Your husband, I believe, was a New Mexico State trooper, correct? Well, it's actually New Mexico State Police. They're Uh, not troopers here in New Mexico, but that's correct. We were married when we were 19. In fact, in a couple of weeks, we'll have our 44th wedding anniversary. But um, shortly after we, we... both we met and we were both working in police departments while we were in college Uh, i was working at a campus police he was a dispatcher for the new mexico state police that's how we met and uh, of course he always wanted to be a police officer and of course i didn't want that i truly did not want to be married to a police officer and uh, over the course of the first couple of years of our marriage he uh, continued to apply to the New Mexico State Police. And, of course, this was in the old days before email uh, when they sent you an application by mail. And I would tear them up and throw them away because I thought, I, I do not want him to be a police officer. And he was very determined to become one. And finally, well, I'll just say it went behind my back. And he applied and was accepted to the academy uh, after he passed his physical and his um, psychological. And, of course, I thought, well, he'll never pass the psychological. He's married to me. <laughs> and um, he did with flying colors, and he was in the top portion of his class when he graduated. And uh, it was difficult. We had two small children. Um, we just had a baby. She was just a year old. And then we had a three-year-old, and uh, he went off to the academy. And it was another town. It was about 250 miles from us. It was difficult. It was a difficult time for us. We were only married a few years, and, and it's, it's hard to be separated, especially when you have little children. And, uh, but it was his dream. Uh, ever since he was young, it was his dream to be a New Mexico State Police Officer. And he fulfilled that and uh, wor- did that for almost 24 years. And I take it he's retired now. He is retired now. He retired in 2004. And in 2006, he ran for magistrate judge and uh, held that for 10 years. So we've had, a, we've had quite a life in law enforcement, and it's, it's been our life. It's been a good life in many ways. And, and I can't say it's been bad at all. There, of course, there are some 
tough times. But that's in any marriage and anything. But, of course, being a, a police officer's family, there's a lot more things that you have to deal with. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult. And, but we, we made it through. And, and I, you know, I tell people, yeah, we've, we had to go to a counselor. We had to seek outside help to, to work through some of the issues that, that we had because of his job. And it was okay. It's okay. And I, I commend anybody. And it's, it's not a bad thing to do that. So we, we sought help and we got it. And, uh, again, here we've been together 44 years. Well, so. congratulations. But being well, married in and of itself is tough. Oh, Always, yeah. <laughs> it, it's a tough, tough thing. And I'll yeah. be honest with you, you know, my first marriage was destroyed in part by my inability to handle the pressures that came with police work in a better way. Uh, th- that's the part I had something to do with. I can't right. go into what she shared, did or didn't sure. do. Sure. Uh, and my second marriage... I'd love to say that it's all peaches and cream. I met her well after retired, mm-hmm. uh, but she still pays some of the, the some price. of the dues from what right. I went through in police work, and I have to be aware of that as well. But I'm I'm really glad, Rocky. You said something that I think we rarely ever hear anymore. You said it was pretty good. Of course, there were some bad things, sure. but all in all, it wasn't a bad experience. Oh no, not at all. And looking back, I wouldn't trade it. For anything, and and you know, sometimes we, you know, if you you look at your life and you think, you know, I'm I met this person and it changed the course of my life. Had I not met this person, I would have gone down another path, uh, good or bad. You don't you don't know where you would have been, but it would have changed where you are today. And I I love where I am today. I love the fact that I was a police officer's wife. I'm extremely proud of everything that he did and. And did I like it at the time? No, I'll be honest with you. There were days that um, there were days that I didn't see him. That he would come home, put a clean uniform on, and go right back out the door. And that's the tough part. But it's it's. I, I guess there's some people, at, at some spouses, and and there's so many male spouses. Mm-hmm. There's some spouses that are built for it, and some that are not. That's all I can think of. Why is it that some of us can deal with it and some of us cannot? And I, I, don't I don't know the answer to that. I, I do think that no matter how someone is built well for the position, mm-hmm. that it, the old saying, it takes a village, we have to help each other along the way and give each other tips. I'm sure you do some of that now. Well, I, I, I try to. I try. And I think that a, a lot of the... A lot of the problem is um, uh, I think a lot of police officers come home and they don't share their day. And, and, and I understand a, a lot of the reason why you don't want to share the day. But I, I can remember Jean would come home and I, you know, would, was home with the kids all day. And, and, of course, this is the day that I, I didn't work outside the home. I did a lot of volunteer work, so I didn't work outside the home. So I didn't have my own quote-unquote life outside of our home. And um, so he would come home, and I would be interested, what, what did you do? Who did you see? You know, who did you write a ticket to? Or whatever, whatever the situation was. And he goes, Can, I just need to decompress. Just leave me alone. You know, let me think it out for a few, and then we'll, we'll talk later. And I, that bothered me at first. And then in later years, I learned to understand that he had to decompress. It w- it's a very 
stressful job, even if it goes well all day and, and you get high fives and, and people, you know, buy you lunch or, or whatever, it, there are it's still high stress because you constantly have to watch your back. And on that constantly. note, we're going to take a short break. We are talking Rocky Galassini. Remember to check out our website for news articles, past episodes of the podcast. That's letradioshow.com. And by the way, this law enforcement marriage has inspired to do a lot of things to help law enforcement. I'll tell you all about it and more. Coming out, will be right back. You can find us on Facebook. Look for and like the Law Enforcement Talk Radio Show Facebook page. Follow the Law Enforcement Talk Radio Show and podcast on the Newsbreak app. It's free. And get the latest crime and law enforcement news on the Newsbreak app. It's simple, easy, and free. Just download the Newsbreak app. Then search for and follow the Law Enforcement Talk Radio Show and podcast on the Newsbreak app. Return conversation with Rocky Galassini. Rocky has been married to a law enforcement officer for more than 40 years. He's a retired New Mexico State police officer. And first of all, I want to thank you and him for your service. And that's something I'm trying to get better at, at saying to each other. But when it comes to our spouses, no one can do this job by themselves if they're married they gotta have the support of their spouse and their family because and they pay a price as well so i want to thank you for all the service and sacrifice that you did over the years well thank you i appreciate that and that and that's something that i try to continue to do is 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 make sure that our spouses of police officers are thanked and their families as well mom and dad and children and and everyone who has supported this person to be a police officer it's it's it takes away from your family life and you know it's it's difficult when you have a birthday and your husband your spouse is not there to celebrate your child's birthday or your anniversary or valentine's day or anything that we we place such importance on and it is tough. It, it is. It's very it's, tough. It's not easy on either end. I remember so many times celebrating holidays, mm-hmm. uh, Thanksgiving, Christmas in particular, uh, on the hoods of our patrol cars where we try to find time, those of us who are working, uh-huh. that we'd buy like a bucket of chicken somewhere and someone get liters of soda and we get some chips. Right. And, and inevitably, if we're lucky, we get 10 minutes and then you're back at it. It never, it never stopped. No. So it wasn't easy. But one of the things that we did, this is way back in the day, I mean, way, way back in the day, back in revolver days, right? we would, the, the young single officers would work Thanksgiving and Christmas and, or Christmas Eve, so that the married officers with families could get, spend time with their families, and then we would try to get New Year's Eve off, and it's something we all did, we worked together. I've heard stories that's not the case nationwide as it used to be, and in a way, it's kind of sad. Before we get into details of your story, I got introduced to Rocky. Rocky has an organization that does a lot of great things to help law enforcement in our area. What is the name of that group? Our our group is Otero County Law Enforcement Appreciation. And that's Otero County, New Mexico, not Colorado. <laughs> okay, now I'm going there as a matter of fact, because one of the things you have is you have an annual gala and you've asked me to come speak, and I believe that's coming up in May. 
And Correct. Otero County, I had to go look on the map, by the way. <laughs> the show is on a radio station there in uh, Otero County. Uh-huh. Uh, is like north of El Paso, maybe about an hour north Correct. of El Paso, and maybe a little bit east of Las Cruces, New Mexico, correct? Correct, correct. What's the layout of the land like there? Well, it's it's not a, it's, Otero County is large in mass. We, it is, it's probably one of the biggest counties in the state. Um, it's, a lot of it is federal land. So we're not a very rich county by any means. So we don't really have a huge tax base, so therefore we don't have that, that revolving income uh, from tax that comes in. So we're, we're, not a, a, we're not a poor county, but we're not a rich county by any means. But we are, it is a beautiful spot in New Mexico. We're in the, the base, uh, the Tularosa Basin. Um, we have mountains around us. We are um, 15 minutes from, we are at, at a level of about 4,300 feet. And in 15 minutes, you can be at 9,000 feet, straight up into the mountains. Beautiful a resort community there. So we have White Sands National Park, which is the gypsum, White Sand Gypsum Park, mm-hmm. which is miles and miles of, looks like snow. It's beautiful white sand. So we have a lot in Otero County to be thankful for and blessed for and the beauty of the land of enchantment we are just very proud of our our state and uh, our ca- our community and and i've lived in this community for probably oh gosh almost 40 years now so one of the things i get from especially from people who live in other countries they mm-hmm. when they think of america they think of new york city los angeles oh, yeah. philadelphia baltimore yeah. those places but a lot of america is is made up of areas like yours, where right. it's a mix of rural, suburban, uh, and it's quite often more landmass than there are people, and that creates a challenge, particularly for our first responders, because they're so spread out. Is that oh. the situation for you? All? Oh, absolutely. We are an extremely rural community. I mean, we have very Alamogordo is the largest city in in Otero County, and it is probably, oh, I'm going to say about 30, 35,000 people. And then we have many uh, communities surrounding it, which are are not very large at all. In fact, we have two communities very close that have, um, one has three police officers, one has five. So it's it's very, very small communities that surround us. And so it is, it is difficult for some of our first responders because uh, there's, there's so far and few between. And, you know, sadly, people are just not wanting to be police officers anymore. No, it's a nationwide problem with recruiting it's, and it retention is. and getting people, when they get their time they retire, they leave. And yeah. a lot of the really good first responders, a lot of really good law enforcement officers, three uh-huh. to four years are saying, I'm not sure I want to do this anymore, and they pull the plug and they leave. They do, and, and it's and it's really sad. And and I, I, we've I've always thought, and, and you know, my husband has been a proponent of uh, re- bringing back retirees to do um, cold cases, um, to do background search cases, uh, background checks, to do other things instead of taking our uniformed officers off of the road to do these certain things bring back retirees to do it and you know that there's so many that have so much knowledge you 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 could go to school for 20 years and not learn what these retirees have to offer no and i was very fortunate that first of all 
I'd be interested in doing some part-time work, mm-hmm. like cold cases stuff, things of that mm-hmm. nature. Right. Where you can take the skills you've learned over the years, but chasing people down alleys, my running days are long gone. Yeah. My knees won't take it. My mind won't take it. So I'll leave the rough and tumble stuff to the the younger people. The younger guys. (laughs) And I look at a lot of what I see nowadays. And I got to tell you, a lot of what we see is shaped by what Hollywood puts out there. And what Hollywood puts out there about policing and law enforcement in general. When I say Hollywood, I'm talking about movie industry, television shows, and even the news media to a, a large degree, they put out an image and perception of law enforcement that is not even remotely close to being accurate. Not at all. Not at all. I, you know, it's either it's either so glamorous or it's so the, the other extreme. And it's there's they they really do not have a, a true depiction of what life is like uh, as a law enforcement officer or a, the family of one. It's it's very well. It's Hollywood. On that note, we're going to take a short break. We'll be talking more, Rocky, about fundraising efforts they have to help law enforcement in their area. And by the way, you're absolutely right. I watch these television shows, and they have young cops living in these multi-million dollar loft apartments. I'm going, where do do they get work? I want to be part of that job. And they drive really nice, expensive sports cars. And I'm thinking, no, it was never like that for me. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Want to be a guest on the Law Enforcement Talk Radio Show? Simply contact us. It couldn't be easier. You can send us a message on Facebook. Look for and like the Law Enforcement Talk Radio Show page or email j at letradio.com. That's j a y at letradio.com. Turn our conversation with Rocky Galassini. Rocky is calling us from New Mexico. Her husband's retired New Mexico State police officer. And uh, you have this great organization, Rocky. We'll talk more about your experience as a law enforcement family in a moment. But you have this great organization, uh, Otero County Law Enforcement Appreciation. What is it you all do? Well, about six years ago, I thought to myself that we're really not showing our law enforcement any appreciation or support as a community and I thought, you know, what the heck, let's just throw something together to show them that we really appreciate what they do day in and day out. So the, the very first thing we did was we held a banquet, and uh, we, we asked each agency. Now, in our county, we have 15 law enforcement agencies, and we're very diverse. We have a military base which we include their law enforcement, and we have an Indian reservation, the Mescalero Indian Tribe Reservation, which has two law enforcement agencies, plus all the other little agencies. We have United States Border Patrol, New Mexico Game and Fish. We have several different agencies. So we brought them all together and asked them each to nominate an officer from their department that did something outstanding, whether it, it didn't have to be that he brought in some hardened criminal. It, it just, something that they really felt that this officer went above and beyond. So we pull those letters together and I bring a committee together and they choose an officer of the year and we bring them all in and um, bring in the community. We have about 300 people that attend because we don't have a building any larger or I could bring in more people, and we just 
gift them and support them and applaud them for everything that they do. And what is very important to me is that we do include their families and their spouses. And so when we bring up a, an officer on stage to to talk about what he's done and how he feels about his job and and everything, we bring the wife up as well. And many times we ask the wife to speak, but mostly she'll just stay there and support her husband. But we we want them to know how much we appreciate them. So we do that every year, and it's the first Saturday of May every year. Uh, in September, we um, the the Saturday in September is Thank a Police Officer Day. It's National Thank a Police Officer. So we bring all the agencies together with their units and anything that they want to offer, and they come out, and we have kids crawl in and out of their units, take photographs with the police, play games with them. Uh, it's, it's something that we bring together on a very positive basis. We want to show the children that police are their friends, and these are the people that they need to, to reach out to help. And so we, we do that. Among other things, we raise money to fund some of the things that some of the agencies cannot afford to do or they have not budgeted for some things. And we all know money is short everywhere. Our agency here, our Alamogordo Police Department, in 2016, we lost an officer. And his dream was to start a canine unit. So we made sure that dream was fulfilled. And since then, we have purchased two canines for Alamogordo Police Department. Um, recently, we have also uh, purchased, helped to purchase some ballistic vests for our sheriff's department. And we have raised money to give the D.A.R.E. program. And also a, a project here is called Oper- uh, Project Lifesaver, which I, I'm not sure how far it is across the nation, but it is a, it's a GPS bracelet that you wear, and it's for people who tend to wander, perhaps Alzheimer's patients and people who just tend to wander. And, of course, the GPS, if they are lost, they send out a GPS signal and they can find this person. So we've helped to fund that. And probably one of the things that I'm most proud of is that we have probably over the last uh, few years probably given close to $10,000 worth of scholarship money to the children of LEOs, not only for college, but for daycare as well. So that's That's probably one of the I, this goes back to earlier in conversation that you strike me as the type of person when someone says you can't do that or it can't be done or it's impossible. You're like, you know, hold my cup of tea, cup of coffee, <laughs> glass of beer, whatever you want to use, and let me show you how it's done. Well, I, you know, when I find something close to my heart, I just, I, I just go for it. And I have to say that this community has been so generous and so giving and so caring about our law enforcement that this is not something that I could have done or anybody could have done without the the help and the support of the people that live here. We have a great community and and they love our police departments. That's phenomenal. Because we hear so often it's, you know, anti-police, it's the police this, it's New York, the big cities. It seems to be more common than not to hear an, a horrible anti-police message, but to hear the exact opposite from you, yeah. and you're saying this is a large part of the community that feels the same way, it's quite refreshing. It, it is. It, I, I'm just in awe, actually, that it, it, that it has gone so well. And, and you know, another thing that we do, and I don't, honestly, I don't know that 
of another community that does what we do. I know that there are a lot of communities that, for instance, the uh, VFW, I know in many communities, honor the police. And there's a lot of organizations that do honor the police departments, but I don't know of any community that does what we do and raise the money and help to fund uh, some of the programs out of for our agencies. But one thing that we do that I, I'm almost positive that no one in the country does is I bring together all of the 15 agencies once a year and do a photo shoot. And so we literally have representatives from every single agencies in our county, and we do this humongous photo shoot. And it, it, it's just amazing to see the photographs that come out of it and the, and the camaraderie, because our county is so big, and not every agency ever interacts with each other. There's just, some of them just don't. And one year, one of the officers said, wow, I, I've heard this guy on the radio. I knew that this agency existed, but I never, I never knew them. He said, I'm so glad I got to meet them. And I thought, wow, that, what a small community we live in, but yet, what not a small community we live in. It is. Oh, it's, yeah. uh, going back in my history, uh, people say, you know, oh, they found out I was a police, a retired police sergeant. They say, mm-hmm. where were you? Baltimore. And they go, first thing they think is, oh, I've seen the wire. Is it like that? Or, yeah. or they assume they know. The other thing is, oh, you know so-and-so? Well, at the time, there was supposed to be 3,000 or 3,200 police. We always had around 28 to 2,900. So the chances of knowing some from another district were slim to none. Even knowing someone who worked the same district, the same area as you on a different shift, you might recognize them in passing, but knowing them is a different story. Right. Now, take that same thing and say... Look at your area where you have 15 smaller agencies over such a large land mass, mm-hmm. and you have shared communications. You could hear this person's voice, but never, ever know them. You could right. run into them in the grocery store and not know who it was. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's really kind of, I mean, I just had to smile when, they, when he said that. I thought I never, never dawned on me that they really didn't know each other and, or even know that that particular agency existed. Because when I read the list to some people, they'll go, I had no idea that that even agency existed. And, and I'll be honest with you, neither did I until I started to research this. I didn't know that we had the Livestock Police. Before <laughs> we go to break, where can people get more information about what you do and make donations? Well, we have a website. It's OteroLEA.org. That's O T E R O L E A.org. And they can go there to make um, donations or just to see what we're about. And we also have a, a Facebook page, uh, Otero Law. If you just put in the search bar, Otero Law, and then it'll have show New Mexico LEO Appreciation. And we have a Facebook page that we share everything that we do on. So. We're going to take a short break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. One of the questions I get all the time is how can I show my support for law enforcement? We're all busy. We've got busy lives, but there's something oh so simple you can do with our Facebook page. Search for Law Enforcement Talk Radio Show Facebook page. And when you see a post you agree with that resonates with you, share it, especially episodes of the podcast. To do all that, just search for us on Facebook, look for Law Enforcement Talk Radio Show, and be sure to click like. 
it is time to get off the sidelines and share your story. Join us at Creative Con in Chicago at the Metropolis Performing Arts Center on February 17th and 18th, where you'll learn actionable strategies from experts and doers to turn your dreams into reality. Our keynote speakers, panelists, expert-led workshops, and networking opportunities will help you overcome your roadblocks and effectively share your message to the masses. Creative Con is where you'll find confidence, community, and a clear roadmap to success. If you've ever doubted yourself, this is your chance to step out of your comfort zone and make your creative dreams a reality. Visit creativecon.com, that's C-R-E, the number eight, T-I-V-E-C-O-N.com to secure your tickets today. The future is yours. Speak it, write it, live it. Speaking with Rocky Galassini calling us from Otero County, New Mexico. By the way, I'll be there in May for their big law enforcement appreciation gala. Rocky, first of all, thank you for your service. We've talked about that already. And what I really want to say is thank you for all you're doing with Otero Law Enforcement Appreciation. The, the fact that you have the gala every year to, to recognize these officers, the fact that you raise so much money to help children, to provide equipment, to get canine dogs, that, that sort of stuff, it takes a lot of work. And there's got to be something really motivating you to do this. Is part of it from what you went through your whole life being married to a law enforcement officer? I guess so. I, I, you know, I've always believed that people have callings, and we're just put on this earth to do good. And my dad always said to me, to those of us who are given much, much is expected. And I've been blessed my whole life uh, to have a good family and a good life. And I, I just want to, I just wanted to help. And and it is probably I, I never felt when Gene was in an active duty, that we were neglected by any means or anything. I guess I didn't know any different. And, but today it's different. Today, it's not like the old days. I mean, and, you know, I, I, I've been married a long time, but I, I joke that I, you know, got married when I was 10 because I don't really want to tell anybody how old I am. But, um, I, By the way, I my guess... mother's younger than me. I don't know how she's still 29. <laughs> I don't know how that works mathematically, but it does. Uh, I don't either, but uh, but I'm going to stick with it, you yeah. know. So I I just I don't I don't know I really don't I just think it was a lot of because of the the life that we led, and I just wanted to do something to give back and to thank them and and of course today it's every time you turn the news on it's something one is being killed one is being assassinated in their vehicle right. I mean they're. I, there was one where somebody threw a, was shooting into a police officer's home with his family there. I mean, what have we come to? And I just, I just want them to know that they're loved and appreciated and supported and whatever we can do to, to make life better for them. And, and even if it's, you know, we can't give them a lot of money, but it, at least if we can spread the word of, of love, I guess, is. It means a lot to me, and I mean, I just want them to know that they're they're appreciated. I and I have a lot of people that support me to do that. I have a a, a growing group of people that that are wonderful. That I just say, hey, this is what we're going to do, and they're going to 
they say, what do you need us? And I, I couldn't do it by myself. No. There's just no way. It's, it's so, a Herculean task to do the things that you do. And you know, also, I'll say this, it's, it's a, a big task. It's Herculean to be the spouse of a law enforcement officer and to, to take care of children. And you and I have been using the term male and female or him and her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, the roles started changing. They're interchangeable. We have male officers. We have female officers. Right. I remember jokingly, I say this all the time, I started in 1980, way, way back when. And we had officers that were male. We had female. We had gay. We had lesbians. We had right. Muslims. We had Jews. And no one cared. Nope. That, that was the funniest thing about people want to make it out that we care so much about what someone looks like or what kind of nationality or ethnicity or whatever it might be. And we didn't care. What we cared about was you handled your posts, you, you took care of your calls, and if I got into a jam, I got into a brawl, that you you showed up. And you didn't have to be the biggest or the baddest. If all you could do is grab a hand and grab a hand. And that's right. what mattered. You had their six. That's exactly it. I don't think that's <laughs> changed at all, and I don't know why. Maybe it's that Hollywood thing, but we keep getting this thing nailed into people's heads that we are ultra-conservative, which some are, some aren't, some are very liberal, but we're very apolitical, and we don't care where anybody's from. We just never really have. No, we just just care that, you know, we're going to have each other's back. That's... I, but, I, you know, I think that's in everything anymore. It, it, gosh, it, it doesn't matter. In any position, in anything, it's what gender and black and white and green and yellow. and It, it doesn't matter. We're no. people. We're people. And we all truly want the best for this country and for our police officers. And that's what we do. And, you know, and I just want to just insert this also at our banquet every year i i wish that we could do this for all first responders but i i don't have the capability nor do we have a building large enough sadly in our community but what we also do is not only when we honor our police officers we step outside and i ask each agency to give me the name of someone that they've come in contact with from fire department ems um Outside of the law enforcement, what other first responder do we need to honor for their for their work uh, out in the community? And so we always honor. We've done dispatchers, firefighters, and everything. So we don't leave out any first responder. We appreciate everything that all first responders do. I'm glad to hear you say that because so often people don't get that. And I, mm-hmm. I get it quite often. People will say to me, especially on Facebook. It, do a search for Law Enforcement Radio Show or, or go online to check out our great articles at letradioshow.com. And people will say, well, I'm a corrections officer. Do you consider us to be law enforcement? The answer is yes. Uh, dispatchers, do you consider us to be law enforcement and first responders? The answer is yes. Uh, we always had a, a joke that our firefighters, brothers and sisters, we tease each other ruthlessly, but they're still my brothers and sisters. And right. when... The lives are on the line. They were there. And, and nowhere was the, the rivalry stronger than the different agencies. Between Baltimore City Police, uh, Baltimore County Police, and the Maryland State Police, we rode each other like rented mules. Uh, I mean, <laughs> it was nonstop. But if they ever needed help, if their lives are on the line, we'd be there, and vice versa. That's absolutely right. At the end of the day, we're all 
All for one and one for all. It's, oh, yeah. We didn't care the uniform. And no. going back to what you, we had our conversation about, people thinking we really care about what you look like, your color, your race, no. your ethnicity, whatever it might be. The reality is, if people realized how little we think of each other, they would be shocked. It's not that we don't care or not that we're not aware of your identity, whether it be sexual or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. We're too busy with our own lives to be wrapped up in what you look like. And that's just a stark reality. And the busier you are, especially in law enforcement, the less time you have to be preoccupied about with someone's race or skin color or religion. You just don't have the time or the opportunity. No, and, and, and that even goes as far as helping one another. A police officer doesn't look at you, oh, well, what color you are, what ethnicity you are, to determine whether he's going to help you or not. That's, they don't do that. No. They don't see that. They, you're human, and they're going to help, and I, that's all that matters. I never had that course in the police academy or yearly in-service training about differentiating between people. Another myth that we see quite often, or I see quite often, with television, in particular with television shows about police. And I'll be honest with you, I started watching a lot of BBC content because they do a much better job of really? not doing the stereotypes of what police are like. But one thing I hear all the time, I don't know if you get this in New Mexico, there'll be a case where someone is murdered. And they'll say, well, the police didn't care because, and you can insert whatever, they were gay or they were mm-hmm. a prostitute or whatever. We went after every criminal and chased them as far as we could. As long as the leads and the evidence was there, it didn't matter. It didn't matter who the victim was. No matter how we often say that, and I put my life on the line for people that lived dangerous lifestyles, for lack of better words. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure your husband did too. Right. No, it is. And, 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 and it doesn't. And, and, I, and you're right. I think it's the media that, that tends to, I don't know, lie about that. I don't even know what the right word is. Uh, or to create some some mystery behind something, police officers they they just do their job. They don't look to see the color the, of the victim or the, the the suspect. They just do their jobs because that's what they swore an oath to do. And I'd say and, the same thing goes for their spouses and their families as well. Before we run out of time, Rocky, give people. The website address where they get more information about Otero Law Enforcement Appreciation, what you do. Well, uh, the website is www.oterolea.org. That's O-T-E-R-O-L-E-A.org. And uh, we're a a group that has been here in about six years now, starting our sixth year, that just raises money to help our local community officers and their families. And more than anything, just to show their, our appreciation and our, our devotion to them and our thanks for everything that they do for us, especially in this day and time where it is, it's so volatile. It's such a volatile day and time that they're there for us, and we want to show them that we appreciate it. So. Rocky, thanks so much for what you do, and thanks so much for coming. Very much appreciated. My pleasure. Thank you. Be sure to follow the Law Enforcement Talk Radio Show and Podcast on the Newsbreak app. Newsbreak is your number one local news app for current events, free live news for you and your community. Download the Newsbreak app today for free and be sure to follow the Law Enforcement Talk Radio Show and Podcast on the Newsbreak app. I'd like to thank our guests for coming on the Law Enforcement Talk Radio Show. 
The Law Enforcement Talk Radio Show is a nationally syndicated weekly radio show broadcast on numerous AM and FM radio stations across the country. We're always adding more affiliate stations. If you enjoyed the podcast version of the show, which is always free, please do me a favor and tell a friend or two or three. I'll be back in just a few days with another episode of the Law Enforcement Talk Radio Show and Podcast. Until then, this is John J. Wiley. See ya. See ya.